0: Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. This is Paul. It's the 12th day of July. Thanks for joining me as we close, or try to close, the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus and his disciples are in the temple. Based upon the fact that they're about to see a poor widow, which would be a woman, that means they must be in the women's court of the temple. And I I don't want to try to give an entire temple breakdown, but there was a court for the Gentiles, there was a court for the women, and then there was a court for the men. And by court, of course I don't mean legal court, but a broad area for people who wanted access to the temple area, but Maybe if I say you were a Gentile and you wanted to come to the Temple Mount, but you you weren't allowed into the temple area. There was a court for the Gentiles. Women were not allowed into the same access area as men were. You need to remember these sort of cultural things when you read the New Testament, and it parses the differences in men and women, because in the in, in those moments, you need to know that that's the culture of the day. No true intermingling of those genders. It's very evident when you read the Gospels that Jesus had a lot of women disciples, and yet the Gospel writers don't name them as disciples, but there's always women following him. They would not have co-mingled, I guess you could say, with the male disciples, and thus they were in two different categories. But we see those distinctions less stark in the finer moments of New Testament theology. For instance, when Paul says that in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, bond nor free. That's the, what I call the music of the New Testament, where Paul sings it better than anyone when he's at his best. And at his best, he sings that there's no distinction between race and bloodline and gender and none of the things that mark us into categories in the realm of the natural. Those categories don't work in the realm of the spirit. That seems to be the finer moments. I say all that because that's the only way that this next story could happen is if the Jesus and the disciples were standing near the women's court because The women's court was where they situated the offering boxes for the temple. So if you wanted to bring an offering into the temple of the Lord, and there was a lot of reasons to do so, um, not least of which was to support the priesthood, but also there was believed to be spiritual reasons to give. Everyone could give at the women's court. They wanted to make it to where women could give, so you couldn't put the offering box in the temple proper. Because if he did, then women and Gentiles wouldn't be able to give. But if you put it in the women's court, everyone could go there. And so Jesus, as his disciples, must be standing there. In verse 41, they're setting opposite the treasury. And they saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. Now, two mites is... Actually, the Greek word kepta, um, this is a. Mark's translating this for Gentile readers. And so in some translations, he says a penny. Uh, we we kind of use the word penny. Um, some translations use the word mites. The Greek, I say kepta, it was lepta in the Greek. It's actually that denomination is the, the smallest. Denomination in circulation in the time of Christ. So Mark tells the story of a woman who throws in literally the smallest coin in circulation. In the American economy, it would be the throwing in of a penny, which is why some of your translations say penny. That way the reader knows it was the smallest amount you could put. For the Romans... This was one sixty-fourth of a denarius. And you might recall that we've told you before, a denarius was a whole day's wage. So it would take 64 of these to equal one denarius. So she doesn't put in much. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. And it's this text that helps us to interpret the difference in what we see and what we don't see. We see something going on, but we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And this is perfectly juxtaposed against the previous admonition where Jesus warned them of the scribes. They go about in long robes, love greetings in the marketplace, best seats in the synagogue, best place at the feast. They devour widows' houses. For a pretense, they make long prayers. They'll receive the greater condemnation, Jesus says. Everything he says visually looks like It should be honorable. They've presented themselves as if everything's okay, but they're not. Then he points out a widow who gives the smallest possible donation. And Jesus says, she's actually given more than everyone else because she gave from a place of poverty. They gave from a place of abundance. And Jesus' statement seems to be the opposite of the way he has just described the scribes. They put on as if they have more, but they have none. She puts on exactly what she has, which is an insane amount compared. uh, She gives of what she has, which is an insane amount considering she doesn't have much. And Jesus commends it. This makes the most sense when stacked against the previous stories of the scribes. And when you put them together, I think it says, what you see is not necessarily what you get. What you see on the outside might simply be hiding the lack that's on the inside. And when you see the lack on the outside... It's not necessarily indicative of the quality of the person that you're viewing. So this is Jesus teaching his followers. Don't judge on appearances. If you do, you're going to think the scribes have it nailed and you're going to think the poor are at odds with God. But it might be the opposite. The guy that has a lot may have nothing on the inside. The person that has nothing on the outside may have it all on the inside. All right, tomorrow we will jump into the 13th chapter, sometimes called the Little Apocalypse. I'll tell you why. We'll see you then. God bless.